everybody to This Podcast Has Autism. I hope you enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? Uh, my name's Bran, and I'm here with my wife, Marcy. And uh, today's topic is going to be about uh, our, our cat that just passed away. I know it's kind of a weird topic, but uh, uh, pets and autism kind of go hand in hand because... Uh, pets are really good at just being there for you when you need a friend or because it's hard for autism people to make friends or just to help calm you down when you get overexcited or whatever the situation might be. Yeah, I feel like I feel like having a pet um, for an autistic child or or even an, as an adult, um, you it makes you more aware of things. Um you know, you have to constantly be aware of a pet uh, walking around your feet and so that you don't stumble over them. And so that that's kind of what cats and dogs provide for um, autistic people and and also, you know, uh, neurodivergent people as well. Um, I got grew really uh, attached to our cat named Pepper and she started having seizures when she was about two. And um, so we, we got her medication and we lessened the seizures. And she we probably gave her medication every day, three times a day, um, for about seven months. And, you know, we paid out of pocket for all of her medications and stuff. And, and the vet bills increased and... It was just getting too too much of a fan- financial burden um, on our family, and uh, and then over the last couple of weeks, she started um, she stopped eating, and so we were just seeing her her health decline, and she stopped bathing herself, and she um, she just looked really depressed and you know kind of listless, and decided. Uh, that her quality of life wasn't the best and so we had to put her down and um, but anyway we only share this just because uh, we think that you know other other families can relate to losing a family pet and um, and that feeling of of loss and tragedy and I I don't feel like it's really affecting my two sons um, as much as I would have liked it too, just because, you know, it was a family pet, but it really affects me probably the most. Um, and I'm the one that has depression and anxiety. So my depression is just worsened a little bit. And, um, but yeah, losing a family pet can be really hard. So our, our kids have asked questions about our, the cat, but, um, there's like really some weird questions like do cats go to heaven um we, we recently had a family member die maybe i don't know a year and a half ago two years ago something like that anyway asked if the cat's gonna be up be in heaven with with our uncle and yeah just questions like that i mean I, maybe they're not weird but but uh yeah those about the question those are Pretty much the questions they ask. And every now and then they'll be like, oh, I miss Pepper. 
but I mean, I haven't seen them like shed a tear or anything, but that doesn't mean they don't really miss her or anything, but but yeah, it's it's just weird that they're not taking it differently. I thought I thought they'd take it harder than what it, uh what they are. Yeah, I think I think we kind of hoped that um that having a pet or even losing a pet, you know, would cause some empathy um in our oldest son, the one that has autism autism and um you know, we we thought that maybe he'd kind of put put himself in in other people's shoes and just kind of try to relate to other people and um feel what they're feeling, but um, and that's okay, you know, if, if he can't, if his brain isn't wired that way and, you know, if he can't physically do that, you know, that's, that's fine. Um, but even just feeling the loss of a pet, you know, can be one step in, in a grand scheme of things of life, you know, because that he's going to experience loss regardless. And so maybe having a loss of a pet is a small thing, but... Um, it can help him process like a loss, you know, a bigger loss later on in his life. So um, it can be an important um, transition. So, so a little background about this about our cat. Uh, I I I picked her up. Um, I found like an ad in a paper or whatnot, and uh, she was maybe I don't know like a week old maybe a couple days old I don't remember but she was really tiny and she shouldn't have been away from her mother the problem was she came from a big litter and the mother died uh, I don't remember how she died or anything it might have been given birth or might have just because the mom had health issues which we're thinking maybe our cat inherited but anyway uh, so the reason why we're so close to the cat is because we actually had to bottle feed it and take care of it like a like a newborn baby, and uh, so one one reason why my wife is so close to it is because it's about the only experience she has at having a newborn baby because she can't have children of her own. Yeah, and you know the two the the two sons that we do have. Um, they didn't come from my belly. They they came from uh, their birth mom, and and I was able to adopt them about two years ago. So, um, you know, I I missed that experience with my two sons, and and uh, so yeah, I mean that's kind of why I'm so close to her, or, or that I was so close to her. I don't know what else to say. I think we should just move on to an interview. But uh, we appreciate you guys letting us ramble about our pet pepper. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it was kind of a, a sad topic this week. But um, hopefully we can move on to bigger and better things. And, and um, yeah, let's hear the interview now. Hey, everybody. We're here today with uh, Deborah Musicar. Is that how you say it right? Musicar, right. Okay. Um, so she is one of the members of the Art of Autism, and I'm going to turn the time over to her to uh, tell her tell us a little bit about her. Okay, um, 
like you said, my name is Deborah Musicar. I'm the co-founder of The Art of Autism. It's a nonprofit, and um, we collaborate with many entities internationally, and we also have artists and bloggers from around the world that participate in our project. Uh, what kind of resources on autism or autism spectrum disorders does the Art of Autism provide? Well, we have a website which is very heavily trafficked. Um, we receive between 3,000 and 10,000 hits a day on our website, um, about a million a year. And um, we have many bloggers who are on the autism spectrum or their parents or caregivers, therapists, MDs, whatever. It's a very topical blog about a lot of different subjects. We also curate art exhibits. We have online art exhibits, so we have art exhibits at different galleries and museums. And we have a newsletter that goes out monthly to um, our subscribers that have opportunities in um, film, art, poetry, um, the, the written word, storytelling um, for people on the autism spectrum. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Um, how did you get involved with the organization? I started that organization with Carrie Bowers in 2011, and it started because I did the second autism book. The first book was um, in the early 2000s. It was um, by a woman named Karen, and I took over the second autism book. And so they did an international press release, and I became um, acquainted with a lot of artists through that international press release, and I compiled um, a book called The Art of Autism, Shattering Myths, and my son is an autistic artist, and that's how I um, got, that, got that opportunity. He was, at the time, um, it was seven, eight years ago, so he would have been about 15 at the time, but he started painting when he was nine years old, and he um, had a lot of acclaim through his painting and his art. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, when I was younger, I used to be a really good artist. <laughs> but, uh -huh. but for some reason, I, I stopped drawing, and now I can't I can't draw anything. <laughs> oh, isn't that something? Yeah, my, my, my son tended to be better maybe when he was younger, too. And it's like kind of he's, as he's gotten older, he's lost some of his skills, but he still does paint. Yeah, I used to do a lot of like the the Disney characters, and and, uh -huh. and like some of my favorite basketball basketball players, and they were really awesome. And people were like, "Can I have that? Can I have that?" Sure, sure. But yeah, <laughs> I just I just gave up on it. I got I got involved with music, and that's just then I was hooked on that, and I gave up art. <laughs> Oh, very cool. Do you play an instrument then? Um, yeah. So I play guitar, I sing, and I also play a little bass guitar, little little drums, very little drums. Very cool. <laughs> and then <laughs> I I run my own uh, recording studio in my spare time. So I record oh, cool. bands and and I also record the po uh this podcast in the studio and whatnot. So yeah. That's cool. <laughs> um, so, 
who started the organization? What you said about you and one other person? Yes, Carrie Bowers, and she had um, a production company called Normal Films, and she did um, a movie um, in probably around 2005 called Normal People Scare Me. It was um, a big success, and she traveled the world with her son, Taylor Cross, who really was the person that did the film. He's autistic, but um, her production company was Normal Films, and they did four or five films after that. And Carrie and I lived about an hour away from each other, and we both had creative children on the autism spectrum, and we decided that we wanted to expand what we knew to other people because we were really good at um, promoting our own children, and I with his, my son's art and her with the films. And so we collaborated to create um, the entity, The Art of Autism. Well, The Art of Autism was just a project for many years, and um, in two, three, almost three years ago, it became a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And now we have a board, and um, there are many more people involved than just Carrie and me. Yeah, you mentioned about movies. My, my son, he's autistic, and he's going to be in a movie that's going to be starting filming in November. And the whole cast and crew are, are like, autistic or on the spectrum. Oh, what's that movie? It is called The Thunderbird. It's about a a boy that gets lost in the woods, and he interacts with uh, characters from his imagination. Oh, that sounds very cool. Yeah, and they've been trying to get, uh, they've been trying to raise money for it and stuff, and their last fundraiser didn't go very well, so... They made an announcement a few days ago that uh, they're just going to go ahead with the movie. It's going to be very low budget, but they don't want to disappoint everybody that's part of the movie. So is that going to be filmed in Utah? Um, yeah, it most likely be filmed here in Utah and maybe parts of Idaho. Okay, very cool. Um. How has um, your organization grown and changed over time? Well, when I first started out um, with Carrie and the organization, I was mainly involved in art and art exhibits. Now we do a lot with blogging, and um, we're paying autistic bloggers um, who are in the United States or have a PayPal account in other places. And we're doing many more online projects than um, art exhibits now. We did, we've probably done 35, 40 art exhibits um, in the last seven, eight years. And it takes a lot of work to do an art exhibit, you know, that is not online. And so we've kind of gotten away from that and maybe only do a couple a year now, if that. Oh, wow. Uh, so... Can you tell me about the work your organization does and the program or programs you run? Yeah, we're a project. We're not, we don't have um, set programs. We have a lot of projects. So we partner with other entities. For example, we have a project running right now that's with the University of Exeter in um, England and also calling the shots production in England to have four of our artists create 
um, backdrops for films, for short films. One is on diagnosis, the other's on neurodiversity, and the third one is on, I think it's going to be a background of the artists that participated. So we have artists, two artists from the United States, one from Canada, one from the UK that are participating in this project. And for each artist participation, and they're learning how to animate or to make their art um, come alive for the backdrop of these films, they're getting paid $2,500. And the people from Calling the Shot production um, come out and work with them, and they're also given equipment to help them do um, their animation or whatever they're going to do for the backdrops of the film. That's just one of our projects, but like last year we um, partnered with Apple Computers and we had a created on iPad project where Apple Computers gave um, some of our artists that were participants um, free um, iPad Pros and then they were asked to create art and we put up a big art gallery um, in April, which was, you know, Autism Awareness or Acceptance Month. Um, that's second project. And then we have other projects, like Carrie, um, who's on our board, runs uh, Poetry and Art for Peace. And we, um, in September, which is um, September 21, is International Peace Day. For the whole month of September, we have um, blogs that focus on peace-themed um, art and poetry. So that's another project. And then Kimberly Jerry Pepper, who is on the autism spectrum, and she's on our board. She runs another project on our um, website, which is People of Diversity Speaking. And it's a project that's kind of like the Humans of New York, if you've ever seen that online project, where a person on the autism spectrum will have... Um, an image of themselves and then a little blurb about themselves and it's kind of an um, ongoing project. So we have like lots of projects like that. Our big project in 2019 is going to be with the mainly Mozart Foundation in San Diego and we, one of our board members, Dr. Lamise Chabri, she's a psychiatrist and neurologist, she's going to be um, organizing a symposium and the symposium's titled Neurodiversity Leading the Way, Finding Your Inner Mozart, and it is going to focus on um, how each of us has a creative aspect, but often with autism, it's overlooked, and so it's going to be um, addressed to like educators and parents about how they can help their children find their inner Mozart, oh, wow. or how other people, adults, can find their inner Mozart as well. Oh, so when you mention Mozart, the first thing that comes to my mind, music. So will there be like yes. music there? Yes, because um, mainly Mozart is the organization we're partnering with, and they're a music organization. We um, partnered with them in 2018, um, and we did an art exhibit for their Genius Showcase. Well, their Genius Showcase featured musicians like Derek Paravicini came from the UK, and I don't know if you know who he is. He's this autistic pianist that could play anything by ear, and he's an incredible pianist. And so at the Balboa Theater in um, San Diego, they had him perform with his, and his teacher was there, and it was, it was just really inspiring. Well, they 
partnered with the Art of Autism because they wanted us to have an art exhibit that went along with the music, and it was really a success, and um, we probably had about eight artists, eight to ten artists that um, participated. Many of them came to the Genius Showcase, and many of them sold art pieces. I think we sold over $8,000, the artists did, that one evening, so it was a really good success for our artists. Oh, wow. I know. I know. Before we did the interview, you invited us to c go to it, and we're excited. Yep. We're we're so yeah, for, excited. For that will be in 2019. It's going to be June 1st and 2nd, 2019, in San Diego. Also, uh, maybe I I don't know how your feelings are, but uh, I I mentioned how I write music and stuff. I wouldn't mind bringing my band and, and performing for you guys if you if you would have us. Oh, well, that sounds interesting. Um, I, ha I would have to talk to our organi organizer about that, um, who's Dr. Jabri, because I kind of think she has everything settled for this year, but maybe for 2020. Yeah, that'd be great. That sounds good. Yeah, you need to send me, um, like, a demo. Okay. Okay. Or a, a YouTube, you know, like a YouTube video or whatever. If you I don't have any YouTube videos, but... Um, on one of our episodes, I did do a song on there for our listeners, and I've had some pretty good feedback from our listeners. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. I'd like to hear that. I, I don't remember which episode it is. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up, and let, and then I'll get back to you and let you know so you don't have to listen to all our episodes. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. What, what differences do you have than other organizations? Well, I think we, um, well, about half of our board is on the autism spectrum. So that gives us a really, um, a different perspective. We have, we have seven people on our board right now. Three of them are on the autism spectrum. And, um, we, we have a different model about autism than most autism nonprofits. We do not go with the pathology paradigm we're more about the neurodiversity model and the social paradigm um, for disability and that means that we believe that society has to accommodate people of differences um, so we don't see it so much we know we recognize autism as a disability but we feel that it's, we don't like to pathologize it. We like to celebrate the differences. What do you think most people say is the best thing about your organization? I think that we're collaborative is the best thing about our organization. We collaborate with many corporations, education, um, like universities, and other nonprofits. And we, um, like we, another project that we did last year was we, uh, Carrie Bowers, who is the co-founder, curated um, a play called A Train. And so this is a one-woman play about autism, and it, it won awards in New York City for the solo film. It's a one-woman play, solo play um, award. And we have in that play a lot of our artists' artwork. So that was another thing that um, we did. We collaborated with her on that. The, Annie Torsigvieri is the person that wrote the play. Well, that's awesome. I, I've heard of that play, yeah. 
it's really good. It's really funny, and it's really good. It's playing in Santa Barbara, actually, um, as we record this today. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, what results does your organization achieve? Well, what we're trying to achieve is we're trying to be paying all our bloggers. Right now, we're only paying autistic bloggers. Um, we like to see our, we like to hook up artists with opportunities. For example, if you have a book that you've written, we would like one of our artists, for example, to um, do the cover of the book and get paid for that. And we've hooked up people like that before. Or if, if there's a, for example, the National Institute of Mental Health is having um, a symposium. Well, they contacted us um, for an art piece they liked. We allowed them to pay the artist to use their image. So we, we are kind of like a person that hooks up artists with opportunities. But we also like to do that with authors and musicians and anybody that has something to offer. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I, I've actually tried to write a book and I realize I am not a writer or an author. <laughs> well, maybe you're a writer. You just need an editor. Oh, yeah, true, true. But they've been doing a <laughs> lot of editing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think it would be best if, if I tried to write a book again to get a ghost writer. Or, yeah, you could just, like, talk into a microphone and then yeah, have somebody transcribe it. Oh, yeah, that that's a good idea, too. Uh, I did that with my husband. I was writing his memoirs, and um, we were having him talk in a microphone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that is a really good idea. I'll, I, I had a quick question. I know it's not one of the questions uh, I told you about, but... Uh, you keep mentioning all this funding and paying people. and so Where do you get it? Well, when we started paying bloggers, which was in 2018, in January 2018, it was because we have Facebook birthdays. And we are not soliciting those. People are just creating birthdays on Facebook, and they say they want the money to go to the art of autism. And that's really cool because... That is allowing us now to pay autistic bloggers. But we are an all-volunteer nonprofit. Nobody in our nonprofit gets paid. And so um, we don't have, like, I act kind of like as the director and sealed all the um, information, the emails that are coming through our website and through our email. But um, we'd like the money to, like, go out to the people on the autism spectrum. So that's... That's one thing that makes us different as well. Oh, cool! Yeah, I've seen those uh, those birthday um, that birthday program that you talked about. I, I've seen mm -hmm. that before. Uh, other places use that. I have a friend that did that for for a cause that they really liked. Right. Well, that's how we're we're getting. We also have, you know, we have people that we don't solicit. We haven't so far, like, done any major fundraising, and it's just happened, like, organically that people have been giving to us. Like, for example, we had a college student that wrote an essay 
for a foundation about a nonprofit that inspired her, and she wrote about the art of autism, and we got a thousand dollars for that. Oh wow! And we didn't even know this person, so it just came out of the blue, a thousand dollar check. So people like are recognizing what we do. Um, we're we're pretty low key about fundraising, though, and that's something that we may want to improve on. Yeah, that's that's what we need to improve on too. Fundraising for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're, 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 we're terrible thing. at it. Like we're 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 good at getting you know doing the podcast and everything, but the business end is like, oh man. <laughs> that's true. That's that's the challenge. We do have on our nonprofit um, board Tom Island, who's a CPA. He's on the autism spectrum, and he's a CPA, so he does all our financials and everything. And um, he's very savvy that way. Oh wow! Oh, uh, while we're while we're talking about all this stuff, I want to thank you guys for uh, letting us be affiliated with you. It's been wonderful. Oh, it's our pleasure. Yeah, that's one thing we're offering too—the service of fiscal sponsorship—and that's how um, we'd like to help your organization. Yeah, for we... um, organizations that are not nonprofits. We we have uh, we've gotten um, some new listeners because of you guys. We've gotten some great interviews with people because of you guys. It's it's been awesome. Oh, that's great! I'm happy to hear that. So, what are uh, your goals for the next three or five years? Well, ideally, we'd like to get a corporate sponsor that. So we wouldn't have to do fundraising. That would be our ideal. But um, we'd like to get a paid executive director, and we would like to increase awareness about what we do and our website presence and our social media presence as well. That's that's I think that's awesome. That's um, yeah. It is it is hard to get a sponsor. We're, we've been trying to get. A physical sponsor, or, and it's hard. <laughs> it is, and that's why it's really important to build um, social media followers and be considered an influencer. We're like getting to that point right now because we get so many hits on our website that, like I said, we had a million last year, and so we are an influencer in the autism, um, the autism realm. But I don't. Personally, and I don't like to have a lot of ads on websites when I go to them. I don't like to have a lot of pop-ups. So we don't have any advertising right now. I mean, we would like to just get a few really good advertisers that are in alignment with our mission. Yeah, that makes sense. What priorities will help you achieve them, your goals? Well, I think we need to do more with our board development of our board and um we need to build more collaborations and then um of course like grant writing i just wrote a grant um last week and it took me about 20 hours it's intensive time intensive to write grants you know that and so things like that um what barriers are in your way well i think the barrier is mostly um, time and um, and commitment of time by 
to do all this stuff, to do the grant writing and to um, reach out. And maybe we need more volunteers as well. Okay. Well, if anybody out there is listening, please volunteer. Yeah, especially with, like, social media and um, grant writing, that kind of stuff. Uh, what promotions are you revenue for the ne- next year will come from similar sources to this year's revenue? Well, like I said, we wrote a grant, and if we get that grant, that will help pay for this um, symposium um, for the artists um, that are performing performance art. We're going to have a couple artists that are do live painting. It will pay stipends to them, and it will also pay for travel for some people, and it will also pay for um, the administration of curating the exhibit and that type of stuff. I know what it's like to write those grants. It's 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 a challenge because you got to like sell yourself, and you got uh-huh. you got to word it just right to hook these people in. It, it's it's a big challenge. Because we, well, that's the thing too. Because we are storytellers. That's one of the thing with our blog. We like stories about people because, but we have to do that with our own entity as well. Tell our story in a convincing way. So that funders will fund us. Yeah, uh, we have uh, we've been we've been uh, trying to get grants ourselves, and it is it is a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any plans to increase this consistency over time? Well, we're working on um, what is it called? It's um, a strategic plan. Um, we've been working on that as a board for the last um, year or so, and that that it will be um, within that the strategic plan that we create as a board. Okay, that sounds great, though. Um, mm-hmm. Where is your leadership team strong at, and where does it need impr- uh, improvement? Well, our strategic team, which is our board, and then we have one really good person who has volunteered in the last um, few months, and that's Judy from, she has actually autistic blogs. She um, helped arrange our um, website so that we have this whole actually autistic section with all our bloggers and their pictures and Um, it has, like, doubled the amount of people on our website because they are allowed to go from one, you know, one page to another and see all the pages, and she's just made it very easy to navigate our website, so that was really cool. Um, So I think where we're strong at is collaborating with nonprofits and other entities, corporations and other entities, where we're week at is what we've talked about before is fundraising uh what are the challenges the organization has i think one of the biggest challenges our organization has had is like the number of platforms on social media and i think this is a challenge that a lot of nonprofits face is like where do you put your energy and then the changing ways that the platforms work. For example, Facebook used to be a really um, viable place and we would get lots of hits when we posted um, a piece of art or a blog 
post on Facebook, but now um, they've changed their whole um, model. And so it's only if you are paying as an advertiser through Facebook that you'll get like positions where it will come up, like the art of autism will come up in people's um, queue when they're looking at Facebook. So that's the challenge is keeping up with um, different platforms. Another thing is like we got an ad through Google, Google ads, and nonprofits can get free advertising through Google. Well, that worked for about a year, but then they changed all their rules and how you make ads, and none of our ads were valid, so we have to go back and delete all the ads that we created and create new ads with their new rules. And so, to me, that's a really challenging thing is to keep up with how social media has been evolving. Like right now, most people are on Instagram, but we do not have a big Instagram um, presence yet. And so that's something we have to work on, but we need, you know, um, manpower to do all of this and expertise as well. Yeah, um, I know with us, uh, Facebook doesn't do very good for us. But we have, right. like, tons of followers on Twitter, and we're starting to get quite a bit of following on Instagram as well. It's just it's just amazing how, like, Facebook has really gone downhill. <laughs> it's gone downhill for unless you're paying as, you know, paying as an advertiser. You have to be paying into Facebook to get any kind of traction anymore. Well, I know uh, with my studio, I used to pay for advertising. It didn't get me nothing. So, okay. So it's really gone downhill. Right. And so that's one of our challenges. We're going to have to switch platforms. But, you know, fortunately for us, because we have such a dense website with so many, I think we have 650 blog posts or more on our website, and it covers such a range of subjects about autism. We're very high up in a lot of the Google searches. And so that's why we get so many people coming to our website. But mm -hmm. another thing is where I'm posting now more, too, is Reddit. It seems like with blog posts that Reddit is a really good place to get conversations going. And it's like what it used to be on Facebook because on Facebook I used to put out questions and then I would write a blog post about it. For example, I was like, oh, what is um, the puzzle piece? Do you like the puzzle piece? That was one of my blog posts that I wrote. And I would accumulate all the answers and put it into a blog post. Well, you can't get that many people to answer you on Facebook anymore. So like Reddit, you can there's like really interesting conversations on Reddit and they're a lot more in depth, I think. Oh, wow. Well, you actually gave us some ideas to try. Maybe we should try the Reddit and, and increase our Google search and, and do the Google ads and stuff for, for us. Well, with the, with the Google searching, you have to be very good with, um, and that's something that we're strong at, um, especially because that Judy <laughs> helped us. We're strong um, at, SEO, search engine optimization, and tags. It's like how you tag things and how you use your tags on your website. Oh, awesome. 
Yeah, we kind of categories and tags. We didn't have categories before Judy started working, and now we have all these categories that we put our blogs in. Like, we if it's an education blog, or if it's females and autism, or if it's about unemployment, you know, we can categorize them now, and then somebody could just click on that category, employment, for example, and see all our blog posts that people have written about employment and autism. Oh wow. So it makes us a really good resource because we get so many good blog posts, not just from autistic people, which is the majority of people that submit to us, but we get um, from experts in the field and from authors and um, MDs and all kinds of people have submitted blog posts to us that makes us, I think, one of the best resources for autism on the web right now. That's a, that's awesome. That is so awesome. Um, what do you personally spend most of your time on? I spend most of my time on the website and editing blog posts. If I'm doing a project, for example, we had um, we were picked as um, a star of inclusion by the Disability Rights Legal Center this year. And we had an art contest that ran along with that. I spent a lot of time putting up the art contest entries and sizing pictures so they go on our website correctly and the artist statements. I spent a lot of time doing things like that. And then answering emails that come. We always, we have a lot of people, for example, we have an autism school right now that is interested in having um, paintings in their school of autistic artists and I put together a gallery for that interior decorator. So it's things like that. It's like little self-contained projects. I spend a lot of time doing those kind of things. Oh, cool. Um, where can people find find the art of autism? Well, if they Google the art of autism, will be the first thing that comes up. Um, it's www.artautism.com. Or there's, we have a, a number of different domain names that you can get to us, www.the-art-of-autism.com. Or they can email us at info at artautism.com. Oh, okay, awesome. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add or share with us before we close? Um, no, I just want to thank you for the opportunity. I learned a lot about you as well, and like really excited that you may write a blog post for us, and um, just that we're looking for volunteers and donations yeah. and sponsors. All right. Well, we appreciate you coming on the show, and thank you very much. Thank you. We are starting a giveaway for one five-pound weighted blanket from Sensory Goods. They generously donated it for us. Um, it is forest green in color and would be great to add to anybody's resources for their autism toolbox. Like and share the post on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or comment on it. You get one entry for each like, retweet, share, or comment. The contest ends next Saturday at noon, Mountain Standard Time. Thanks for participating, and check out sensorygoods.com for all the cool products they have to offer. Next week, we will hear from the autism dad, Rob Gorski. And that's it for this episode. Until next time.